Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know this. We are daily during the NFL season, Monday through Friday, typically recording bright and early for each and every one of you. Got back to the hotel about 1.15 last night after calling what ended up being a very entertaining Dolphins-Patriots game for Westwood One on Sunday Night Football. Mondays, I give you some of my bigger themes from the week that was, the Sunday that was in the NFL, and then just give you the two or three things I think were notable that you can take away from each and every game. NFL Sunday. Uh, we do have some winners, by the way. I didn't give them out last week. Jason Deem is the spread the word winner. That's somebody that's doing something via social media at Ross Tucker NFL, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. Thank you, Jason. Josh Melson took advantage of our codes over the Game Time app, which I'm obsessed with right now. It's just so fun to see what's in your area. And then I'll give a shout out. To the person that gave us a shout out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. That is David Whitney. Speaking of shout outs, Paul Graham. Shout out to Paul. He's our newest patron. Patreon.com slash RT Media. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Ross. Before we get to the recaps, what were some of your overall thoughts from week two in the NFL? Well, one of which, and I, I think if you follow me on social media, as mentioned, aforementioned, whatever, at Ross Tucker NFL, I don't understand now. I, I really don't understand why teams are not using the quarterback sneak in short yardage and goal line situations. I mean, Jack, it feels like an epidemic at this point. Why are they not using this thing? I mean, it's clearly... 
the most efficient and effective way, and right now it's legal. The Eagles popularized it last year. I don't want to call it the tush push. I'm tired of calling it the tush push. I think it's the Eagles sneak or something like that. But at any rate, I, I saw it so many times yesterday watching the red zone. And then even last night, the Patriots had a second and one and a third and one. They didn't run it either time. And they got stuffed. I mean, maybe it was a third and one, fourth and one. I can't remember. But just bad. I mean, use it. It's a weapon that you can use to your advantage. So that was one big-time overarching theme from the day, just watching these teams struggle in short yards and goal line situations and being legitimately perplexed as to why they won't do it. Then I think... You know, some of the quarterbacks taking sacks out there. Tannehill jumps out to me. I think Hertz has done that a decent amount this year. But Justin Fields, goodness gracious, Justin Fields. You know, <clears throat> that typically to me is a really, really bad sign. It's year three for Fields, and he is holding the ball way, way too long at times and taking sacks. And it's just concerning for what it means for how quickly they go through their progressions and then also their understanding of how devastating it is to take a sack and how unnecessary it is to take a sack. So that was another one that jumped out to me. And then I would say comebacks. I mean, we had some epic comebacks. The Falcons were down 24-12. They battled. All the way back. Uh, some of the other noteworthy ones. The Giants down 20 to nothing at halftime coming all the way back. The Commanders coming all the way back. So there were some really, really impressive comebacks yesterday, which was another theme from the Sunday that was. There's always certain themes, and those were some of the ones that jumped out to me. By the way, using the Internet without ExpressVPN is like leaving your keys in your car while you run into the gas station for a snack. I mean, most of the time, you're probably fine. But what if you come back to see someone else driving off with your car? ExpressVPN has an encrypted tunnel. It creates a secure tunnel between your device and the Internet. It's easy to use, works on all devices. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com. Slash Tucker. That's E X P R E S S VPN dot com slash Tucker. And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN dot com slash Tucker. All right. We'll start with the Falcons. They rallied back in the fourth quarter to beat the Green Bay Packers 25 24. You know, and there was a lot of people saying, oh man, the Falcons, Arthur Smith can't coach, and the Packers are still the Packers. Until, until they weren't anymore. I mean, now listen, the Packers didn't have Aaron Jones or Christian Watson or Bakhtiari, and then Elton Jenkins got hurt during the game. But it was still a gutsy comeback and some aggressive play calls by Arthur Smith. What I like about the Falcons is they know who they are. They know B. John Robinson's a stud, 172 scrimmage yards, it still seems like when you watch him that Desmond Ritter is doing more with his legs than he is with his arm. 
I thought Jordan Love got off to a really good start, especially with these young receivers like Dontarian Wicks and Jalen Reed. But then that Packers offense just stalled out. I will give some credit to the Falcons defense. Man, those additions that they brought in, they are much better as a result of some of those guys that they brought in on, on the defensive side of the ball. The Bills, they circled the wagons around the Las Vegas Raiders, 38-10. No Jacoby Myers for the Raiders in the concussion protocol, and I'm noting that because the guy that gave him the concussion last week, Kareem Jackson, for the Broncos, he got ejected from his game uh, against the Commanders. So we'll get to that a little bit. Josh Allen had a really, really good game. I mean, that had to be so encouraging for Bills fans. I mean, he still is an absolute wild man running the football sometimes, but he had a fantastic game on the ground. The Bills ran the ball well with James Cook and others. That was encouraging. Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, and especially James Cook. The Raiders, meanwhile, can't run a lick. Devontae Adams took a vicious shot. The Raiders spent the whole week in West Virginia. I bet you they're not going to do that again. Joe Burrow, he still doesn't look like himself as the Bengals. They fall to 0-2 following a 27-24 loss to Baltimore. And and remember, the, the Ravens didn't have a bunch of guys. I mean, Marcus Williams with the torn peck. J.K. Dobbins done for the year. They didn't have their center, Linderbaum, or their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. And they still won. And the Bengals returned a punt for a touchdown. And the Ravens still won. The Bengals' offense struggled until midway through the third quarter. It kind of felt like, Jack, they finally figured it out, which is encouraging. Odell Beckham Jr. was ruled out with an ankle injury. I mean, I feel like that's an evergreen comment, evergreen tweet, whatever. Lamar was much better passing and throwing. Um, I mean, his, his throw to Aguilar was incredible. Kudos to Lamar for a beautiful, beautiful pass. Tyler Lockett had himself a day. He hauled in two touchdowns, including a game winner in overtime, beating the Lions 37-31. Yeah, you know what? Tyler Lockett was absolutely fantastic. And Geno Smith was very much up and down, but he made it happen on that final drive. And as a result, I'm going to make him uh, my fourth quarter. I'm going to make the Seahawks my fourth quarter team. And I'm going to make Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett my fourth-quarter players. Look, in football and in business, sometimes you need to finish strong. Sometimes the fourth quarter, or in this case, overtime, are where games are won. And in business, it's where many deals are closed. That's why this week's fourth-quarter pick is brought to you by HubSpot Sales Hub. Kudos to Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, the Seattle Seahawks, finding a way late. Hey, listen, business or football, just get it done, baby. What did Al Davis say? Just win, baby. And that's exactly what Geno Smith and Tyler Lockett were able to do late in that game. There were some other notables from the game, I would say, as well. No Taylor Decker for... The Lions, and then Vitae got hurt during the game. David Montgomery got hurt during the game. You know, I thought Seattle's backup offensive tackles got it done, which was, I mean, look, they were down both starting tackles. 
So for those guys, Forsyth and Curhan to come in and play well enough that now I know one of them was a pick six, but to score 37 points, kudos to those guys. I mean, that's no joke in terms of the, the Lions edge rushers with Aiden Hutchinson and Houston and Kaminsky and those backup offensive tackles. They found a way to get it done. I thought golf was terrific um, until the pick six, which was obviously just an absolute killer. And like I said, Gino made some tough, tough plays late. That sack, I had no idea what he was doing, but he played well at the very end to close it out. And that was a, a win the Seahawks basically had to have. Anthony Richardson ran all over the Texans, but once again, he exits early in a 31-20 victory over the Texans. Right, and so that's got to be troubling and concerning now if you are the Colts or a Colts fan. I mean, he's two for two in terms of getting knocked out of the game. He had two awesome rushing touchdowns where he just, like, glides. It looks effortless for him. But he, I said this last week, Jack. If you remember, it was one of my takeaways last week. He cannot take some of the hits that he's taking. Just cannot do it. And he's going to learn that the hard way, unfortunately. I did think Gardner Minshew stepped in and played well. That Texans defense, I mean, D'Amico Ryans is supposed to be, you know, this – defensive guru and yet they couldn't slow down Minshew I mean Zach Moss was running them over he got almost all the carries for the Colts and was pounding them Minshew doing well just felt like from a play calling standpoint Shane Steichen was way ahead of D'Amico Ryans in this one I'd say offensively for the Texans the fact that CJ Stroud was out uh, that Laramie Tunsil was out really hurt them because that led to C.J. Stroud getting pounded. It just, it's a bad recipe right now, having a young quarterback like Stroud behind that offensive line, especially after what he was used to at Ohio State. You got to hope that he doesn't lose his confidence moving forward. Uh, Hopefully C.J. Stroud took things to the next level after the game last night and drank some Labatt Blue Lights, I think he's 21, with his friends and lived life to the power of we. And if they don't have Labatt Blue Light in Houston, ship it down to them. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. The Chiefs, they shook off last week's loss, and they beat Jacksonville Jaguars in a low-scoring effort, 17-9. Yeah, I don't know how many people were expecting that, right? I mean, a low-scoring game? like that um but that's what ended up happening i think people think patrick mahomes trevor lawrence they're going to light up the scoreboard well so first of all i think it was pretty clear that travis kelsey was not a hundred percent so that was one thing that slowed down the offenses and then they both had some o-line issues i mean Jawan taylor for the Chiefs, had five penalties. At one point, they pulled him for a series or two. Five penalties for one guy in one game. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. 
Um, meanwhile, for the Jags offensively, they just weren't very good. And this is why I thought, this is why on the Even Money Betting Podcast, I had taken the Colts and the points last week. The, the offensive line's an issue for the Jags right now. I mean, the rookie, Anton Harrison, was thought to be talented, but a guy that would need some time and wasn't necessarily ready to play right away. And I think we kind of saw that yesterday. Chris Jones, by the way, I mean, there's certain guys that are just absolute difference makers, and that was Chris Jones last night. Mayfield magic continues in Tampa Bay with a 27-17 victory against the Bears to improve the 2-0. Boy, I was wrong about this team. Kudos to Baker Mayfield. Mike Evans had a gigantic game. Baker Mayfield, I, I can't tell you how significant I think it is or was, whatever, Jack, that they were able to get off to a start like this. Because now that whole locker room believes, you know, Baker's playing well, and now those guys all think, you know what? Baker can play. Baker can ball. They saw him in Oklahoma. They know he was the number one pick, but they also know what's happened to him so far in the NFL. So the fact that Baker played that well, I think bodes very, very well for the Bucks moving forward. And then Mike Evans must be loving. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I already mentioned Justin Fields just taking some absolutely insane sacks where he's holding the ball forever. And then he had that bad pick six to end it. You know, they're down three, and it's like, okay, Justin Fields has a chance to be a hero. Justin Fields has a, hands, has a chance to save the day, and he throws the ball right to Shaq Barrett. It just seems like, it just seems like the things are moving too fast out there for Justin Fields. And the Bears didn't have their D coordinator, Alan Williams. They didn't have their right guard, Nate Davis, for personal reasons. So they were down some guys. That was tough because on even money, I had uh, the Bears getting three points, and it looked like that was worst-case scenario at that point. Chargers are going to charge her. L.A. loses in overtime, Tennessee, 27-24. It really is kind of uncanny, isn't it? I mean, it's just uncanny what happens with the Chargers. I will say this, and I tweeted this yesterday, Jack, during the game. I I feel like the Chargers and the Titans, doesn't it feel like they're in a close game at the two-minute warning every single week? I mean, can you think of a game at the two-minute warning where it wasn't a one-score game and the team that was down, Jack, had the ball, whether it's the Titans or the Chargers, in their game. I feel like that happens every time. You know what else happens every time? The Chargers can't get it done at the end of the game when they need to. I mean, I think I saw a stat and I reposted it, but it's like they're 0-6 maybe in the first two games at scoring uh, in the fourth quarter to extend the lead to two scores or to retake the lead, 0 for 6. I mean, not good. You know, Herbert obviously did some really positive things, throwing it to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, but no Eckler for the Chargers. It seems like it hurt them most 
down near the goal line. He just has a knack for the end zone, and they didn't have that without him. Meanwhile, for the Titans' offense, you know, Tannehill actually threw a couple bombs to Traylon Burks, to Chris Moore. It was a nice overall game for Tannehill. 20 of 24, 246 yards and a touchdown. He's still taking some sacks that I feel like he shouldn't take, but they got it done on both sides of the ball uh, late in that game. And it feels like they were without Skaronsky, who had an appendectomy, by the way, but it feels like the Titans are able to get the, the Titans win more than their fair share of those close games late. The Chargers lose more of their fair share, and I feel like that's coaching. New York, they rallied in the second half to avoid a loss to the Cardinals in a thriller, 31-28. Can you believe that? I mean, dude, all of the tweets, Jack, everybody just killing the Giants. They had been down a combined 60 to nothing in the first six quarters of the season. 60 to nothing. I've never heard such a thing. But then they kept battling. That that was a really good sign for Brian Dable and Daniel Jones to be able to just chip away in the second half of that game. Saquon had a couple touchdowns. Daniel Jones, arm and legs. Although Saquon got hurt, and now they're on a short week, I'd be surprised if he plays in this game. Thursday night against the Niners, I thought they did some really good things. Uh, did Josh Dobbs in Arizona, but evidently it wasn't good enough. By the way, just like in a few minutes, the clock's going to stop on this podcast. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit at halftime, that's ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash and get everything you want delivered without missing a minute of the game. The Niners look like the well-oiled machine beating the Rams and Jerry Rice incarnate on the road 30-23. Did you just call Puka Nakua Jerry Rice incarnate? Yes. Is that what, is that what just mean, happened? That's the, that has to be... Yeah, I mean, listen, it, that's my Taysom Hill. I mean, listen, the guy's 15 catches in his second game. That's it's whatever. That's my Taysom Hill. Stop bringing that up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you got to sell it, though, more, Jack. You said it, like, too quickly. You're like, Jerry Rice incarnate. You got to really, like, and the Jerry Rice incarnate. I in there. I know. Yeah, I know so what you casual. were doing. You know what? Sean McVay is a good coach. I, I was impressed that they even had the lead late in the first half of that game. That guy knows what he's doing, and you're right. Puka Nakua, although it seemed to me like he got dinged up late in that game, but 15 catches, 147 yards, um, highly, highly encouraging. I'm a little surprised because it wasn't like he was a secret anymore after the first game, and the Niners still couldn't stop him. Uh, That touchdown at the end of the first half for the Niners was everything. I will say this, though. I didn't feel like it was Purdy's best game or finest moment. They still won. Dallas, they picked up where they left off with a 30-10 beatdown of the Jets. Micah Parsons is um, probably one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Everybody says, you know, they get all up in arms when you say that early in a guy's career. I'm just, I mean, it's his third year now. I mean, he's done it for 30-some games. 
you know, 40, almost 40 some games. It's pretty incredible uh, what he's able to do. He just moves differently, it feels like, than everybody else out there. You know, for the Jets, Garrett Wilson, that long touchdown, that was about it. I mean, other than that, Zach Wilson had to do it with his legs. I mean, that was a positive, but he's not going to be able to win games with his legs. Got to do it with his arm, like Dak did. I thought Dak had a very legit game for the Cowboys throwing the ball, which was a good sign for Dallas. Washington manages to hold on despite a controversial ending to win the Champ Bailey Bowl, 35-33. Unbelievable. Unbelievable game. I mean, the Broncos were blowing them out of the water, totally dominating the action, and yet the commanders just kept playing. I mean, I don't know what happens to the Broncos because it's like the second game in a row where offensively in the first half they're fantastic, and then the second half they can't do anything. I mean, Russell Wilson was out there dropping bombs to Marvin Mims all over the place, but then the second half they they stole out. Give credit to the commanders' D-line. They had a big... Uh, a big part in that. And then Sam Howell, he might be a real guy. I mean, Sam Howell might be a real, real guy. And you're right. I mean, I can't believe the Broncos completed that Hail Mary. And there was definitely some contact on the two-point play. I'm always a believer when in doubt, don't throw the flag. But they probably should have called that one. Patriots are 0-2 for the first time since 2001 following a 27-17 loss, 24-17 loss to the Dolphins. So the food was fantastic. you got to check out my social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, man, those cookies are so good. Patriots, I'll give you guys an A-. minus. As for the game, you know, it was impressive for the Dolphins because the, the Patriots took away Tyreek Hill, and they still found a way to get other guys involved. They ran it really well with Raheem Mostert. Tua Tungo-Vilo's touch passes are absolutely beautiful. And the Patriots offensively, they just can't run it. And they're not good enough to overcome some of these mistakes that they are continually making. The turnovers in the red zone, the penalties, that's not going to be good enough for them. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shoutouts, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, BackOfficeSchedule.com, MyFrontPageStory.com, SteakhouseSports.com, GoDashBangles.com, HumanHeadNYC.com.